Do you want me to be honest with you? Usually a dangerous proposition. <laughs> I can make it worse. Oh, that's a Matt guarantee. <laughs> you should trademark that. <laughs> You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is that you're listening to this 2M Nation. It's another week in the books and once again another week here with myself, Matt, and as always, my co-host B. Oh, switched it on me this week. <laughs> but yeah, hey, Matt. Hey, everybody. Mike here. And yeah, another week finally in the books. Uh, another one that we got, we're treated to another edition of Tuesday Night Football. Well, it was a treat for Ravens fans anyway. Yeah, definitely was. How, uh, how does, and we're, uh, apologies that this is going out later than usual. We had some issues. I say we, but it was really just me being the difficult one with the issues with the day job and with the, the children not wanting to sleep. Well, this is a show we do together, so I'll take blame for it. I'll say it's my fault, despite the fact that I moved my work schedule around to uh, get this done. It's fine. That just shows you're more dedicated than I. That is not true. <laughs> so uh, how, are, how are you doing this morning, Matt, now that week 13 is finally over? I am able to both breathe a sigh of relief and feel the stress kick right back in. I think I know exactly what you're referring to. Um, I myself suffered from a lot of anxiety this weekend because of fantasy football and the playoff push. Uh, But luckily for me, I don't have to worry about that anymore, (laughs) which we'll talk about in in a brief edition of the Fantasy Corner. Yep, we got to make sure we save time, a little bit of time for that today. Um, so without further ado, let's jump into it, Mike. All right, week 13 recap. Choo-choo. I don't know why that became a train this week. I, all aboard, let's go. Hype, hype train. Hype train for Matt's, uh, Matt's Pick'em Matt's pick selections where you gained a lot of ground this week. You, you picked 13 out of 15 games correctly. Well That's done. Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> And, and uh, thinking, remember when I teased you about picking the Giants? Yeah, I do. I was thinking about that. <laughs> and how I, I really you, wish I did. I think you almost did, but I shamed you out of it. So that's double negative for me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you did win the week 13 to nine and I didn't tally up the totals. Uh, but I think you're within like four games of me now. So going to be a close home stretch and in terms of eliminator we had both picked the saints uh which over to beat the falcons which they did easily so with that out of the way there were some pretty notable upsets like always um the first one i've got noted here is the lions beating the bears 34 to 30 on another classic matt stafford comeback drive uh and the bears were favored by three in this game and the only note I really have here, because both these teams are irrelevant as far as this year's playoffs, is that fire coach equals get a win. It proved true I again. I picked uh, I picked the Lions. As, as that I was amazing. <laughs> teams that fire their coach this year are 3-0 and in the following week. So let's go, Jets. You want to avoid going 0-16? Well, technically they fired a coach. That's a good point. They did fire a coach. We'll see if it was enough. <laughs> I don't think so, but... I also don't think so. Uh, next one, this was a pretty big upset. The Browns beat the Titans 41-35 to in a game where the Titans came in as four-point home favorites. That's insane. And this game was uh, super lopsided at halftime. I think it was 31-7 to Browns. It's really bizarre. And, like, Tennessee made, like, one hell of an attempt to come back, but it just was not enough. Right, yeah. Yeah, Baker Mayfield had a huge game. Four touchdowns through the air. He also made a nice catch on a on a trick play, and some early turnovers by Tennessee were what allowed the Browns to take that early lead. And and they as much as we've crapped on the Browns all year, I think this game kind of proved that Baker has potential. Yeah, we've seen a couple of big games from him uh, this year. A lot of when everything clicks in between, but yeah, right, right, and I think. I don't know. I'm, I'm still not 100% on board, but maybe we probably need to start taking the Browns a little bit more seriously. Maybe you maybe you already were, or others. 
they've solidified um, a little bit of more belief in them after the way they just trashed the Titans. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's and, one, thing, uh, one thing to beat the Jets. It's another to go in and face Tennessee and Derrick Henry and that whole game. Exactly, and it's another thing to play the Ravens, which they do this week in a quick preview there, uh, which we'll get to. This is probably the biggest upset was the Giants going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks 17-12 to in a game where the Seahawks were 11-point favorites going in. Man. And this was amazing. I mean, the, the Giants talk about the defense way mm-hmm. more, way more credit than anyone has given it its due. Yeah, I mean, I the Seahawks. Second, that's fine. I I understood your meaning, <laughs> but uh, the Seahawks, they were at pretty much full strength now on offense. Obviously, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but Chris Carson is back now. Um. Yeah, I mean, all the pieces were there, and they were at home and heavy favorites, and they just could not move the ball against this Giants defense. I will defense. give a massive shout-out to the Giants' corners, though, for the way they were able mm-hmm. to put tight coverage on these receivers. You're talking Metcalf, Lockett. Right, one of the best tandems in the league for sure. Um, so kudos to the Giants, and they made that uh, NFC East division a lot more interesting. Right, they keep uh, they stay in first place uh, due to a, winning the division record tiebreaker over Washington. But both of those teams at five and seven have, well, they're both coming off impressive wins, which we'll get to in just a moment. Um, but yeah, they're it's you, know fun. Who, you know who didn't have an impressive win because they didn't win the Chargers. Yeah, buddy. Did they score even? Nope. Nope. This game was. I can't believe I'm so embarrassed that I picked the Chargers to win this game. It's got to be my worst pick of all time. You crapped on my Broncos so much. And I have plenty of notes on this game in, in a minute. But yeah, Patriots 45, Chargers 0. And the Chargers, I can't believe they were actually favored in this game. Uh, I guess Vegas was thinking along the same lines as me. Uh, but wow. And the last one, uh, Washington beating the Steelers giving them their first loss of the season. Uh, they won the game 23-17 on the Monday afternoon football when the Steelers had came in, come into this game as six-point favorites um, prior to the game. Alex Smith for life. Seriously. I mean, the, the Steelers' defense did take a hit before the game even started, though, and they lost Bud Dupree to an ACL tear uh, the previous week against Baltimore. So... They lost pass of their or half of their pass rushing duo between him and uh, TJ Watt, but still, I mean, you can't put it a hundred percent on that. Also, rip for not starting Logan Thomas this week because, according to all huge game. professional analysts, uh, the Steelers allowed the second fewest points per tight end, and then he goes and throws up twenty points. So, um, thanks, guys. <laughs> hey, you still won. Quit complaining. Yeah, barely. Way too close for comfort. Uh, but yeah, Alex Smith had almost 300 yards passing in this game and a touchdown and uh, no turnovers, I think. So that was a huge win for this team. This should solidify two things. Alex Smith is comeback player of the year and Ron Rivera is coach of the year. I think you're right. I think you can lock that in right now. <laughs> Which I believe um, those were my picks for those, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you definitely picked Smith. I forget. Yeah, I think you did because I remember you saying the new Rivera and it took me like half a minute to understand why that was a joke. Just half a minute while I could hear the hamsters <laughs> turning in your brain. Um, but, you know, you, you always make me start off with my sleepers. Been like, because you complained once that I always talked about mine first, so I flipped it. Well, I, I guess now, it's true. You're going to complain no matter what. <laughs> well, hey, now, maybe. <laughs> it's just no pleasing um, some people. Yeah, especially people you work with. <laughs> so Cowboys and Ravens, Tuesday night spectacular. Spectacular special is what it should have been, but uh, the game was not – it was close statistically, but not score-wise. Um, Lamar Jackson was back, which you could clearly see he was excited to be back, and yeah. the Ravens were glad to have him back as a team. Uh, Mark Andrews was out. I was not happy about that. Um, what what really draws the headline, though, as you made note here, was the Des, it was supposed to be the Des Bryant revenge game. 
he tested positive yeah. for COVID, and then right before like the game started, he like tweeted that he was done with the season. And it's like, dude, I mean, is- the the timing of this is all really suspect for me because what I heard was that it, he was actually out there for pregame warmups, and then the team learned about his positive test, and then he was obviously inactive for the game, and and after all that tweeted that like he's done so i don't know des to me while he was great with dallas i feel like he's kind of up there with the farves and the browns where he he starts this path of drama and it's like the last thing the ravens need is more issues like a team right a team that looked like they would have it on lock to win the division and stuff all of a sudden is in this weird like chase to get even a wild card spot so it's like the the last thing they need are these types of distractions and i don't like the way this is going yeah yeah and that was part of the reason that his career had seemingly ended um in dallas was was because of that uh i think there is uh the drama he brought to the table right and i gave him a little bit i gave i gave uh the ravens a little bit of credit on picking him up because look at uh odell beckham all the issues he had with New York, and then he went to Cleveland, and for the most part, it's been a little bit quieter, you know, a huh. change of scenery, as it were. Sure, and he's still only 32. That's a crazy thing, so it seemed like maybe he could do something. But even in the games he played this year, didn't really do much, and uh, uh, yeah, so didn't get to partake in his revenge game. I was kind of excited about that, but that's okay. Um, to me, the, the biggest thing that happened that separated the teams here because the Cowboys did move the ball quite a bit. Uh, but three eighty-eight yards to four hundred one for the Ravens, so that's a pretty good comparison. Time of possession thirty-two twenty-six to twenty-seven thirty-four. Mm-hmm. Twenty-nine first downs to Baltimore's nineteen, so they seem to be moving the ball pretty well. The biggest thing that uh, well, they got unlucky a little bit on an interception that got tipped and then picked off. By Patrick Queen, your boy. Uh, yep, prove it, player. Uh, but the biggest thing that I think took the Cowboys out of it was Greg Zerline missing three field goals in this game. That's insane. Yeah, maybe the Rams knew what they were doing when they well, let him go. Notice, I think Justin Tucker missed one too, and and it's funny because hmm. the commentators, who I'm not the biggest fan of, but they were like, I think what was it, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, wasn't though? They were yeah, yeah, because it was a Fox and I broadcast. Think Buck, um, Buck made the comment about, you know, Tucker being pretty much perfect on field goals inside the 40 and Troy, like told him to stop. Don't say it yeah, (laughs) because of the jinx. And then on the next kick, he hooks it wide left (laughs) and Joe Buck just had this weird, awkward pause. He's like, so whose fault is that? Um, Which is one of the few times he's made me laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good comment. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys, those were, you know, obviously that's nine points off the board. And so that definitely, and then a lot of that was in the middle, you know, that crucial second and third quarters of this game where things were sort of before the Ravens extended their lead to kind of put things out of reach. Well, besides the missed field goals on the defense, they held the Ravens to only 107 total passing yards, but they allowed almost 300 rush yards again. Yeah. Um. So it's the rush defense. And the biggest one that gashed them was the draw by Jackson that went in for a touchdown because mm-hmm. uh, they played zero cover or cover zero, if you will, and brought the the free safety down in the linebacker position. And that wound up letting Leighton Vander Esch getting tied up at the second tier of the line. And since there was nobody there, but the corners were out wide of the numbers, I mean, Jackson was free to go. And that's when I was like, uh-oh, they figured out something here. Yeah, yeah. But um, another disappointing loss for the Cowboys, but uh, a few few minor bright spots. But, uh, yeah, not looking too hopeful. On the other side, though, the game that I thought was way more exciting mm-hmm. was the Broncos and the Chiefs, which on paper, this did not look like it would be promising. Yeah. Um, however, the Broncos kept the game close all all night and even took the lead late with like four minutes left in the third quarter, mm. um, 330 total yards uh, for this Denver offense, which to me was striking um, 151 passing, but it was the 179 rushing yards to uh, the chiefs 134. And personally the chiefs rushing game aggravated me to no end. <laughs> 
Um, right. Yeah. There are all the reports all week about CEH or Clyde Edwards Elair being having an illness. Uh, but well, usually no, it that's. Wasn't even, it wasn't even that, but it was like he scores a goose egg and everyone goes, what's going on? And then it was in the post game press conference that Andy Reed had like told everybody that his game plan was to use him only in a case of emergency. So he was active. Right. Yeah. But they, they didn't just hold him out of the game. Him. They just didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, had I known that I would not have had Clyde Edwards O'Leary in there because that almost cost me a playoff spot. Lock through did throw two picks. So that's not good. However, I will put a bright spot in is they did not allow any sacks in this game. Hmm. Um, and they were seven on 13 on third downs, almost 50%. That's pretty good. On, on third downs with having almost a full minute extra time of possession. But those, those interceptions have to come down. Um, Tim Patrick yeah, I, happened I, to be the star wide receiver this game, though. He made some great catches. Yeah. Um, that one touchdown grab uh, where he was in the corner of the end zone and did a nice over-the-shoulder catch, toe drag, perfection. So we've seen some good stuff out of the Denver offense, and we know the defense side uh, only allowed a total of 447 yards, which still seems like a lot, but still. that's uh... Well, they did a pretty good job on the receivers. Like uh, Hill, was I'm pretty sure he was under 50 yards on the night and didn't have a touchdown. But where they really got torched was by Travis Kelsey, which, yeah. you know, has happened to a lot of teams this year. 36 yards and a touch. Yes. Yeah. He was just, he looked unstoppable. I texted this comment. I forget if it was to you or to someone else, but I said he looks like a, a man among boys out there. He was thrown around the Broncos secondary and like he's done to a lot of people this year, but man, they just could not contain him. Well, Kelsey, I think I feel like tight ends are something that a lot of, a lot of corners underestimate because you think you see how big they are and you think that they're they're lumbering and slow and then they just hit you with the speed that like Kelsey has and I don't think you really expect it. Right. You no, know it's there, but until you physically like get it in your face, you don't have you have no idea. Well it's like Derrick Henry. I I always complain about how like he's not even fast. <laughs> like you watch him on the TV and he doesn't really look fast, but he's just brutal. Uh, but then he rips off like a ninety yard touchdown run where he no one can catch up to him and you're like, okay. All right, I guess he's fast. But uh, I like what I see out of Denver. There's still some question marks around Locke as the potential future of the franchise, but I think we're seeing good things. Um, I think being out for a number of games with the shoulder injury he suffered didn't help him, and it's yeah. getting to the point where teams are becoming healthy. So I'd like to see them finish these last few games, even if they don't win anymore, with, with a strong effort and a strong fight, and preferably – no more interceptions. <laughs> Sounds good. So, uh, speaking of interceptions, Kyler Murray. <laughs> just kidding. He only had one. I was just going for a segue. So, yeah. Uh, my, uh, yeah, he had one for a pick six. Right. Yeah, it was costly. So, the uh, Cardinals, my first sleeper playoff team, um, they played the Rams this week. And uh, it was not exactly a back and forth game, but it was high scoring, but uh, the Rams got out to a lead and then the Cardinals would keep like they would score too, but you know, maybe just a field goal or something. And then the defense wasn't able to get the stops they needed to make up that ground. Um, and largely because the Rams offense was just unstoppable here. They almost had, they had almost 500 yards of total offense, 350 of those through the air uh, by Jared Goff. And on the Cardinals side, uh, Kyler Murray is supposedly healthy with that shoulder injury we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they, again, he was off the final injury report. He's not, um, yeah, I feel like no one's talking about that injury anymore, but this was his second straight game under 200 pass yards, which is not a lot. And he barely ran in this one too. He only had 15 rushing yards and, uh, you know, you might not think that a shoulder injury would affect what he does with his legs, but he doesn't want to be taking hits out there. If he's got a bum shoulder, you know, especially not his throwing shoulder, which is where it was. It was on his right side. And in addition to the low yardage output, he also lost a fumble. And like you mentioned, threw a pick six in this game. And so those types of things doomed the Cardinals in the end because they couldn't get stops on the defensive side to uh, make up for the offensive mistakes. Mm-hmm. 
So, and just to note, I saw Sean McVay since becoming the coach of the Rams is seven and zero against the Cardinals. And um, the Cardinals, for their part this season, they've lost three in a row. Now they've lost four out of their last five. They fall to six and six, and third place in the division. Now the Rams are actually tied for, or I think they take the tiebreaker. They're eight and four just with Seattle, and the Rams are actually up in first. So Arizona at third in the division has a tough road to the postseason at this point. Uh, the division seems all but out of reach. So they do have two more division games. And I just listed their final four opponents here. They're playing the Giants next week, which all of a sudden doesn't look like a gimme victory. Uh, they're playing the Eagles, which, I don't know, changing the guard to quarterback there, maybe that gives the team a spark. And then they close it out with the 49ers and Rams. So not exactly an easy schedule. No, the only uh, one that I would say that should be relatively, if we had to pick one, I think would be the Eagles. Um, I agree. Given the fact of the changing the changing at quarterback, which means the change in offensive plays. Granted, at this point, if Jalen Hearns continues under center, he'll already have a week of experience under that, right. so that could make that game a little bit tougher. But the Giants' defense, we just pointed out, is scarier than we thought. The 49ers are a very, very scrappy team um, under under Shanahan, and then the Rams are just – McVay is, what, 7-0 and against them right now? Yep. So <clears> – <throat> So, yeah, definitely, and you're not counting that one as a win. And they're, currently they're on the outside looking in at the playoff picture. Uh, they definitely need to win at least two out of those final four to have a shot. Usually an 800 team can sneak in, especially with the additional playoff spot this year. So I've still got a chance. The best chances come against the Eagles and Niners. Yeah. That would be, yeah. So there, I think they're our last uh, – sleeper team that still has a chance to make the playoffs. Everyone else is all but eliminated. If not mathematically, then spiritually. (laughs) Your Chargers have a chance, don't they? They have a chance to get a new head coach. (laughs) (laughs) Like we already said, they lost 45 to zero against the Patriots before this game was played. I saw reports that Anthony Lynn head coach is on the hot seat now. And uh, the main concern actually being in-game decision-making no. Though at the same time, uh, same report or maybe a different report said mid-season firing is unlikely. They'll probably let him play out the rest of the season and then you know reevaluate things during the offseason. But in this game particularly, did not help his odds of keeping his job as uh, the head coach on the other side. Bill Belichick's record of success continued uh, against rookie quarterbacks. Justin Herbert, who's been so good this season, completed just 49% of his passes. He threw the ball 53 times in this game, which you know, obviously they got down really early. But despite 53 attempts, still only 200 passing yards, uh, no touchdowns and two picks. And on the Patriots side, that just the way they the way that team functions is so weird. Like they only had Newton only had 69 passing yards and only 48 rushing yards, too. So it's not like he dominated them. But they didn't really need the office to do much, given that they scored two special teams touchdowns. Uh, one was a punt return, and the other was a blocked field goal return for a touchdown. And uh, I think even if Lynn keeps his job till the end of the year, I think the Chargers should probably fire their special teams coordinator right now. Before this game, even where obviously these two things happened, they have um, three or four punts blocked. Uh, like their punts getting blocked, not not them blocking other teams' punts, just to be clear. And they've just had special teams issues all year, really. It's not the biggest concern for a three and nine team, probably, but But it's not helping. It's not helping, and yeah, it's not good. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, this team only has one more game that matters, and that is week sixteen when they play your Broncos again. Because I don't, if they make me eat jello twice in a season, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> Technically, it would be three times. Yeah, you're right. Because then they would finish lower in the division, too. Oh, man. Come on, Chargers. <laughs> Get it together. Do something. Uh, in the first year of jello bets, Mike's going to be <laughs> an 0 3 on the bets. Apparently, I put all my jello eggs in the Chargers basket. <laughs> And I thought I was bad with putting everything in the Broncos basket, and here it is working. I don't know how. 
well, I mean, it's still bad. It's just not as bad. <laughs> hey, remember, uh, it's a, a pretty win or 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 a crappy win is still a win. It's true. It's true. Chargers would take any win they could get at the moment. Kind of like the Jets. Well, I don't know about that. Let, let's talk about that for a second. <laughs> so the Jets played the Raiders this weekend on a game that we had said last week made us a little bit nervous based on how bad the Raiders performed the week before when they got blown out by Atlanta. And uh, they were actually down 28 to 24. The Raiders were right at the end of this game when with 13 seconds left, um, Derek Carr threw a bomb to Henry Ruggs from 45 yards out. And he uh, ran it into the end zone for the touchdown, the game winning touchdown. And now this led to the next day, the Jets fired their defensive coordinator, Greg Williams. Fired, interestingly enough, I don't know if this is always the case, but it was Adam Gase who fired him. I, I, and I did see that distinction made because I always kind of assumed it was like the GM or the owners, you know? Well, I think it's because the head coach can pick their coordinators. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think... So I guess that makes sense. But uh, my, my big question about that last play is, was, was it incompetence or was it tanking? And there are a lot of conspiracy theories based on the coverage that Williams called on that final play. Cover zero blitz. Yeah, cover zero blitz with no By safety. By the way, your help. notes are re- yeah. Well, your notes are redundant. A cover zero has no safety. I just wanted to make that clarification. Though. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good, I was like, good point, though. You're right. <laughs> but you know, usually when you know a hail mary's coming, what do teams do? They put one guy on the line and put everyone else in the end zone. Um. Uh, Obviously, that doesn't always work. We've seen habit of blitzing in weird situations, and I think the only the only logic I can pull from this is that he thought that they were going to get to the through the offensive line in order to set Carr. Right. I mean, obviously, if you blitz and you get there before you can throw it, or if you you could force an off target throw. Um, I'm just saying, in a hail mary situation, it was kind of a weird call and. Uh, that's that's what has led to all the theories on the internet that it was just part of like they they were trying to lose the game. Who knows? Uh, but the Jets, either way, they're three quarters of the way through a winless season. They're zero twelve now. Did you also see the um, the notes that apparently Gase was talking to another assistant coach and just caught in the headset at the last second? He heard zero blitz. And before he could react, the Raiders snapped the football. Huh. No, I didn't see that one. Yeah, there was something. I think it was on Instagram or something based around like when you when you mentioned conspiracy theories that like Gase caught the end of what the play was going to be, like just through the traffic through his headset. Hmm. But he was talking to another coach. And when he whipped his head around to see what the what the uh the formation was, the Raiders had snapped the ball, so there's nothing he could do anyway. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you can ask the question, what good does a win do them at this point? Might as well make sure they get the number one pick. <laughs> I mean, even with a win, I think they got that in. Yeah, but uh, it'd be closer, though. You know, don't want to risk it. Still four games left. Don't want to accidentally go on a winning streak here. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually what the Jets did last year, right? Weren't they like 0-7 and, and then they won seven out of their last eight games or something like that. Weird like that. I don't know. Make sure. Gase needs Make to sure. Go. Yeah. I still I do don't see, like Adam Gase. I still don't see how he makes it through the season or if he makes it to the end, it doesn't make it to next season for sure. If they continue on him from next season, I quit. I quit sports. <laughs> All right. Uh, last game to talk about was the, well, last one we had highlighted here anyway, was the Eagles playing the Packers and really the only headline was that Jalen Hurts was named or was brought in after halftime. Wentz was another uninspiring uh, six out of 15 passes and took four sacks, Um, you know, looked his usual terrible self that we're accustomed to now. (laughs) And uh, and then after halftime, Jalen Hurts came in and it's going to be a couple late through a couple late touchdowns against you know, a defense that wasn't necessarily trying its hardest at that point of the game, but you know, he looked good and he was named the starter for next week against the saints. So good luck there. What do you think? Um, 
Like we were talking, we've talked about this a few times as the benching rumors have gotten more and more serious. They did just sign Wentz to a pretty big extension, so they can't easily or cheaply cut him. No, I I really think they're kind of screwed and they're stuck with him for at least another year. Yeah. Um, because like you said, that that extension that he signed kind of forces them that if they do cut him, they have to take so much in dead cap space that it would it wouldn't benefit them in any way. Right. Um if I'm Doug Peterson, I'm gonna ride Jalen Hearns the rest of the year, get experience under his belt, and then sit down and reevaluate everything with the GM and the owner at the end of the year and see what they want to do. Um, but I think we're going to see Wentz there for at least another year. Wentz may start next season as the starter with a full, yeah. healthy, refreshed team. But I think he's going to be on a supremely short leash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I wonder. Paid, oh, sorry, the money that he's being paid, he is not playing up to that. Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they've sort of realized that with the Giants and, and Washington playing much better football, they've probably realized that the division is out of reach now. Might as well start thinking about next season and see what the rookie can do, get him some experience, and then uh, maybe that'll motivate Wentz this offseason and he'll be better. And then maybe after next offseason, if he has a good year, maybe then they trade him. And You know what I mean? It hurts right, definitely can, the QB yeah. of the future, though. But I, I don't see him extending beyond at least two more years in, in Philly. Right. Sad day for uh, my fantasy team. If I draft him again next year, punch me in the face. Absolutely. Because this is two years. I know you don't need any excuse to do that. No, but (laughs) at least I have validation. All right. Cool. So with that, let's get into our week 14 preview. Thursday Night Football, how I've missed you, or at least did last week. (laughs) And we've got a good one here. We've got the six and six Patriots taking on the 8-4 and four Rams, NFC West leading Rams now. And uh, the Patriots are on a bit of a roll themselves. They've won four out of their last five games. Despite the fact that they have zero passing game, it's just Newton running the ball, uh, Damian Harris running the ball, and a very solid defense. And as we saw last week, great special because teams. Because Bill Belichick's the head coach. Right, yeah. And this is a fun game because it's a rematch of the Super Bowl these teams played a couple of years ago. Hashtag no Tom Brady. Right. No Tom Brady, no Brian Flores either. That was something we talked about a few weeks ago, that he was their defensive coordinator for that last game against yeah, McVay. All the way down in Miami now. Um, yeah. I got to give it to the to the Rams. Way more consistent team. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, the only way they're going to gonna the lose this game is that Goff has way too many turnovers. But I think... Which he has done. I mean, he's he's had some games like that this year, but I agree with you. I'm taking the Rams. All right, rolling into Sunday noon games. Rolling, rolling, rolling. New three and nine Cowboys taking on the two and nine and one Bengals in a very uninspiring matchup. <laughs> the the Joe Burrow less Bengals. That's why. Otherwise, this might be kind of fun. If this was Dak versus Burrow, that'd be fun. If this was these Dak teams, versus Burrow, I wouldn't be in the fantasy situation I'm in. That's true, too. And these teams would have very different records. But anyway, I'm taking the Cowboys. Bengals are tragic at this point. They're competing with New York now for the number one spot. Yeah, I have to take Dallas. They just, as, as porous as their run defense is, the team is just offensively built a little bit better yeah. um, than the Bengals. But I wouldn't be surprised if this was a close game. Yeah, both these teams really have nothing to play for uh, this year. Draft spot. This, this is right. Yeah, this is the time of year when games like this get pretty gross. Uh, Vikings at Bucks is next up. This could be kind of interesting. Vikings are six and six. I think this is going to be way more interesting than people give it credit for. Bucks are seven and five coming off the bye. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, although Minnesota, we didn't talk about the game, but they needed overtime to beat the Jaguars this past week. And I'm taking the Buccaneers. I am going with Minnesota on this one. Cool. I mean, there's a lot of inconsistency on the, the, the Buccaneers performance this like from week to week this year. So it's definitely no slam dunk. Oop, there it is. Cardinals six and six at Giants. 
We've talked about how bad the Cardinals have been lately. The Giants, on the other hand, are riding a four-game win streak to the top of this With division. Colt McCoy at the helm. Right. Oh, yeah. I didn't even forgot all about that. Yeah, they beat – I guess Colt McCoy is greater than Russell Wilson. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> I'm all for controversial statements, but let's, let's rein that in just a little bit there. <laughs> all right, yeah, this isn't first take. <laughs> But I have a go with the Giants on this one. I think Daniel Jones has a chance at least to play in this game. I, Even if not, it's this defense that out of right. nowhere, like they stood up one of the most prolific passing offenses in the league. Yeah. So for me, the fact that Kyler Murray's been struggling, really the only two things for the, the, the Cardinal offense is DeAndre Hopkins and then the run game with, with – um, Kenyon Drake, that's not a lot for them to have to stop versus look at what they did to Seattle. Right. And if they do get Jones back, the Giants have better weapons on offense than I think I think we you know, we you realize if you just look if you just think about them as a team, but if you look at the guys on that roster, they've got I mean, they lost Saquon Barkley, obviously, a long time ago now. But Wayne Gallman has been running really well, and he looks been pretty a, good. Like a, one, once again, it's one of those positions a team loves to be in, where their their backup is almost as good as their as their starter. He's played that way some weeks, yeah, for sure. And then you know you know about Darius Slayton. He's like their big play receiver. Sterling Shepard's like the underneath guy, and then Evan Ingram is a playmaker at the tight end position too. So if they do get Daniel Jones back. Uh, it's not just about the defense. The offense can hold their end too. I'm, I can't do it though. I'm taking the Cardinals still. One more week. Got to win this game, guys. <laughs> Next up is this is going to be fascinating. The eleven and one Chiefs take on the eight and four Dolphins. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa was back healthy this past week with that finger injury, and they got the win. Uh, that defense is still playing well, so I think this one's going to be super interesting. I'm still taking the Chiefs though. I am going to throw a bone. I got to risk it to to try to catch you, and I'm going to take the Dolphins. <laughs> no risk it, no biscuit, right? Just like your favorite coach I always I could go for a biscuit or two. <laughs> Sounds great, actually. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the way the Chiefs played against Denver that, you know, I don't know. But screw it. I'm taking Miami. What's cool. the worst I can I like do it. that matchup? I mean, it wouldn't be a, a total shock. Next up, which uh, would be a total shock if the Jaguars win this game because they're against the Titans. Well, it doesn't matter who they play. I think the Jaguars winning another game this year might be a shock. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, the Titans are coming into this game at eight and four, tied for first place in the division with the Colts, and I think they go to nine and four. Yep, I'm taking the uh, the Colts or the Titans. Uh, Titans. Yeah, I'm reading the Texans. notes, and I almost kept saying Texans, but I do not have the Texans. Are you excited about this game, Texans at Bears? I I don't know who to pick in this one, and actually, I don't even remember who I picked. So I'll let you talk about it for a sec. Um, a battle of the crap. Um, I will say this, and I get criticized at work all the time for this. If you look at the way Chicago's offense moves on that opening drive list this week on Sunday. Mitch Trubisky moved the team down the field and throw two passes to receivers in the end zones that were both dropped. <laughs> yeah, that's becoming a theme, isn't it? Um, well, they said the same thing too about the um, about Pittsburgh. A lot of the receivers are dropping passes, hmm. and yet you watched him move that ball 75, 80 yards down the line and had two touchdown passes dropped. How do you put that on the quarterback? And they were where they needed to go. Um, I put that loss a lot on the Chicago defense against the Lions. How do you let the Lions beat you? <laughs> the Lions, minus their top receiving weapon, and Kenny Galladay, again, didn't play. And DeAndre Swift. And, right, yeah, the, 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 the ghost of Adrian Peterson beat them. <laughs> um, but I have to take Chicago because I cannot trust the Texans. I mean, I don't think you can trust either of these teams, right? The Bears have lost six in a row. I trust... Uh, Deshaun Watson, I guess, even though their receiving core is decimated at this point. I'm taking the Texans. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> Who cares? This game literally doesn't matter. 
<laughs> like you said, draft positioning now is what's at stake. If I feel like if Chicago can pull a win out of this, it's going to silence a lot of critics. Yeah. Do you think, here's a question that I just thought of. Um, do you think there's a chance that Trubisky does come back to Chicago? If he, let's say he closes out the season with a strong performance. I mean, let's look at the current options right now. Nick Foles. Sucks. Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Could they draft its potential? But I don't know who would be available as a quarterback at that, depending on where they land in the draft order. Um, right. This is, uh, I was talking like, crap I, to I my Bears like, fans' friends is that the Bears are always bad enough that they're not a real contender, but they're good enough that they don't ever get a top 10 pick. <laughs> they always get in that no man's land of like the 11 through 16 draft slot where you'd have to trade up if you want any of the top guys. Like, I don't know. I still believe in Trubitsky. I still think he needs some work done. But I've told like everybody... on his face, or what do you mean? Yes. <laughs> that, that's pretty rude. Um, here's my fear, that if Chicago starts this process of firing head coaches and drafting every few years, we're going to have Cleveland 2.0 starting to form in Chicago, where there's just no consistency. They don't put time in anything. Um, and I really feel like the blame needs to fall on the front office for Chicago for so many years. Extension. Yeah, just looking the through the list players, of their draft. Mm-hmm. Um, Drafts haven't been impressive for the most part. They haven't gone on a big spending spree in free agency. Their biggest acquisition in like the past, what, five years was Khalil Mack? Well, that was a trade, but yeah. Then they did sign him to a huge extension, right? Like they're, they're just not spending money on on – key positions what if they trade for Carson Wentz and then he's reunited with Nick Foles <laughs> then Carson Wentz gets hurt Nick Foles takes over and we go to a Super Bowl that's how you do it right yeah <laughs> anyway I mean, enough enough Bears talk this team is going nowhere this year uh next up is your Broncos four and eight taking on the also four and eight Panthers and I, this game's a total toss-up for me I'm actually really excited for this one I don't know if McCaffrey's going to be back. He's been hurt again for for Carolina. I don't know. I'm taking Denver, though. I have to remain loyal through these last few weeks for for my Broncos. I'm taking Carolina just to spite you. Sounds good. Sunday afternoon slate of games. The Jets 0-12 taking on the 8-4 Seahawks. And the only note I wrote here is the Jets aren't going to need any tanking to lose this game. (laughs) Taking the Seahawks. However, however... They did fire a coach. True. <laughs> all I'm going to say. Interesting. I'm still taking Seattle because if they had fired Adam Gase, I would have gone all out and like picked the Jets to win. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> but they didn't. So, I mean, that's definitely the one I'd figure I would lose the bet on anyway, but it would be absolutely <laughs> hysterical if that was the theme of this year. Maybe they'll at least cover the spread. Maybe that's what you get if you uh, just fire an assistant coach. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I got Seattle. Yeah. Cool. Um, Oh, I forgot to write down who my eliminator pick was. Uh, Colts. We'll see. Colts at Raiders. Um, Colts are eight and four. Raiders seven and five. I I don't believe in this Raiders team. I'm taking the Colts. I got Indianapolis. Washington at 49ers. Both teams are five and seven. Uh, Yeah, I'm taking Washington as well. Yep. Here you look at your notes. Yeah, I do. Some of these I can't remember. This next one's a no-brainer, though. Saints are ten and two, taking on the three and eight and one Eagles in what will be Jalen Hurts' first career start. And uh, this is a tough defense to go against, too, right? Uh, He he might be. Yeah, the window. He he was on IR, which was three-week placement this year, so this would be week four. So I think he'll be eligible to come back. So we'll see. Um, But three and zero under Hill. Just saying. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah. We don't have time to get into that right now. <laughs> Tough first. Nothing to talk about. But. Hey, I have plenty. He fumbled three times last week. He is not a starting quarterback. Okay. They played the Falcons twice in those three games. Let me just point that out, too. It's the Chargers are about to play the Falcons, and I have Atlanta winning. <laughs> me, too. 
Me too. Why, what are you doing? It's so sad. I'm checking my notes again to make sure. Okay. I just saw a pink courser pop up on my computer. You're taking the Saints, right? Over the Eagles? You, yeah, of course. <laughs> and we're both taking... I didn't think that, didn't think that required an explanation. <laughs> we're both taking um, the Falcons. All right, Packers at Lions wraps up the Sunday afternoon slate of games. I'm taking the Packers. Yep. And... Sunday night. Oh, I, I put it... Uh, sorry. To go back to your Cowboys. I'm putting my faith in your Cowboys and choosing them for Eliminator to beat the Bengals. May the force be with you. <laughs> All right. Sunday night football. We got a great matchup here. Steelers coming off their first loss, taking on the nine and three Buffalo Bills. Pittsburgh. Um, sorry. Yes, I think so. <laughs> Talk. Say something. Well, I'll look this up. <laughs> uh, Steelers, good. Bills. Good, but less good. <laughs> Buying time. Great analysis. No, you're absolutely right. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm taking. I'm taking the Steelers. Uh, they should have James Conner back as a note. He was. He's been missed the past two games on the COVID reserve list. Not that this team can run the ball anyway, but it's and everything. Everything helps. And then our final game of the week, Monday night. The Ravens take on the Browns, and what uh, Ravens are seven and five, Browns nine and three. This is a really interesting matchup, actually. And I'm taking the Browns. I am too. The way they've been playing, I think they're they're slowly being underestimated. But at the same time, I the Ravens have Lamar Jackson back, so I feel like this is a swing battle that could really go either way. Yeah. Um, it depends on how Baker performs, but the Ravens' defense is not as dominant as it once seemed. No, and and. In in both facets, right? Like on the ground, I know I know it's Zeke. He's one of the best in the league, but the that offensive and a good offensive line. But they were opening up huge running lanes for Zeke uh, last night, and I think the Browns are going to be able to exploit the same uh, with their ground game combination of Chubb and Hunt. So uh, yeah, I'm taking the Browns. Feels weird, right? And that brings us to a quick edition of the fantasy corner we'll start with FanDuel really quick just because whatever Uh, so last week you were up by I think two points on me going into Monday night it came down to uh, Antonio Gibson for me versus Eric Ebron for you Gibson had a great start two carries 14 yards I'm like okay here we go let's get it and then he got turf toe and left the game and Ebron continued to catch well, he didn't catch. He, he had some drops too, but he caught enough. Yeah. And so now you're up eight to five, I think, right? I believe so. So if you win one more, that'll put it out of reach for this season. And I still have the trophy from last year. I guess if you win two years in a row, you can have the trophy. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll finally ship it to you <laughs> if it comes to that. <laughs> and then uh, this segment's going to get a little bit shorter soon because my season long. Season is over. I lost to Kevin again, and I will not make the playoffs. However, you, you, uh, you won against my wife. Congratulations! You did what I have never been able to do, and you secure a playoff spot with that win. So, barely. Yeah, it was. It came down to the Steelers game, also, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, because uh, she had the Steelers' defense, and I had Juju Smith-Schuster. And because because I know, right? He's done really well since that trade. Um, but since Ceh netted me a zero, I was like, right. I just need to outscore the ten point defense. And then when they they had like an interception, I was like, Oh no! Oh no! Yeah! <laughs> oh no! Like I could like it was the most tense. Um, and then Tuesday night, I actually was watching because I needed one of our other people. Uh, That's right. You were screen, you were scoreboard watching. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because I've never watched with such intenseness, another like game in our match. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I snuck in, which I feel like I still have part of the Cinderella story where I lost everything last year. I did not win a single game last year. Uh huh. And then I turn around and I barely sneak into the postseason with a record of seven and six. Well, congratulations. I am, not, I, am, I am not confident going forward. 
the fantasy playoffs are just like the NFL playoffs. Once if you get in, anything can happen at that point. I will be playing in the consolation bracket. So, you know what was funny? Did you notice that if everything ended yesterday, you know who would have who we would have faced off against in the consolation bracket? Oh, would it have been me against you? Yep. <laughs> oh man, that would have been fun. I was not about to lose on purpose. Just <laughs> that, that matchup. I'm sorry. You weren't going to pull a Jets and, and tank. I, I don't know if I can like call my defense to call a cover zero and tank, <laughs> but I can try. But I have. I well, you called up. Win. You called up Ceh and told him not to play. Uh, <laughs> no, I've never been more infuriated with Andy Reid. Um, so far, I'm projected to win this week matchup by one point. Can't wait. You're all of our. How do I say this? The, the hopes and prayers of the whole 2M nation are now lie with you, Matt. So don't no screw pressure. this up. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm actually impressed, though, that after I lost Dak, that cost me a weekly average of 40 points I lost. I know. Yeah. You uh, struggled you well from that. Well, that's one way to put it. <laughs> um, I went two and six in the time since Dak went down. Let's just leave it at that. Mm. Hey, that's okay. He got you off to a strong enough start. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we got for today. And look, we came in under an hour. Nailed Great it. Good job. So proud of you. Matt, after you made me delete like half my notes. <laughs> yeah, it was all me. You got it. Uh, but Matt, this was fun. Thanks for accommodating by schedule, I guess. And thank you all for, sorry for the delay and getting this show out there. Quick shout out. If you guys want uh, more 2M stuff, um, if you go to medium.com and search 2M football show, we are actually posting articles as teams are getting knocked out of the postseason. I have the Jets and the Jaguars already up, and I am in the middle of working on the Bengals. Mike is actually doing a part for the Chargers. Yeah, if you think uh, my notes are long, just wait till you see how long my blog post on the Chargers is. uh, yeah, mine are like anywhere, a dissertation. Mine, mine average about five minute reads. They're just simple free agency acquisitions that will be out there since we don't know how drafts are going to play out with trades and everything. But just little breakdowns of some good and bads that the teams have. So yeah, feel free to really check Really good that stuff. Out. And until next week, Mike. Good talking to you as always. Uh, see you next time. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.